This is the Bad Reputation Podcast. Subscribe to us on iTunes on your smartphone or tablet. Featuring the most up-to-date reputation management, social media, and entrepreneurial information on the web. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Todd Collins Official. And now, the host of Bad Reputation, the reputation rock star, Todd Collins. In three, two, one. Hey guys, welcome back. I'm gonna keep. Uh, I'm gonna keep going uh, with these real estate agents because they have such great stories. Um, and I, you know, again, it's it just seems to me that I, you know, talk to these people and and a lot of the women in this industry, like I, I'm, I'm just blown away by their work ethics. Um, I have a couple more that are going to be coming on, but uh, today uh, is someone who uh, saw me go through some tough times and uh, kind of actually saw, you know, actually saw those things kind of happen to me. And it was just really funny. And then we kind of like rekindled like our, like just like kind of like knowing each other through other people's relationships. And now we talk, I mean, we probably talk, and, and every other day basis. Um, so when I do introduce her, you're going to know who she is. Today on this episode is Jeanette Hitchcock. How you doing, buddy? Hey, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing excellent, man. It's a beautiful day outside. It's Friday. It's Purple Friday. I know. And we're sitting in our office, right? I know. I'm really, really, I'm excited to be in my office. Me too. I know. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on because when I look at the people that are just consistently putting out good content, consistently showing the results without being kind of like in your face flashy about it and more or less like entertaining about it, you come top of mind to me. That's awesome. Thank you. So it, what I find interesting, though, is the location, like the area that you're in, Carroll County, right? Yeah. Even, let's go even like more hyper-local, like Hampstead. Yeah, Westminster. Yeah, right? It's like, it's like super, it's like a super small, condensed area. Everyone knows each other, right? Yeah. So, what I wanted to kind of find out is, I mean, at this point now, like you got a lot of people that follow you on Facebook. You've got, you know, you're building up your Instagram and things that is you're putting a lot of good content out. There's a lot of, you know, a lot of really, I would say younger female real estate agents that are following you. They look up to you. You got, you always got a gang with you. You got your posse with you. Yeah. I know for a fact that they look up to you, right? They're always, you know, just, they see you do things. They're just like, and I know that these people want to do what you're doing, but they just don't do it. Yeah. And I wanted to kind of tap into that because I think a lot of these young ladies would want to know, you know, kind of where you started, where you came from, as well as, you know, where the thought process comes in to kind of where you changed your brand. Because your brand wasn't always like this and you kind of like flipped it over the last maybe like two or three years. You started kind of going more this direction and it's working. Um, And and so I I just want to feed people this information because I, I think that they need to hear it because most of the time they're probably afraid to message you and be and ask you for help, which is crazy because you're one of those people that if someone messages you and asks for help, you're like, yep, absolutely, dude, I'll do it. Always. No problem. Like, exactly. 
So, but these people don't do that. And so if they hear you, then they, and they know that it can reach out to you and contact you. I think it's going to help. So let's kind of get into a little bit of the origin story. Where'd you grow up? I grew up in Eldersburg, um, went to South Carroll High School, um, moved up to Westminster almost seven years ago. So Carroll County always. And you went to South Carroll High School, right? Yeah. Yeah, I remember kicking the crap out of you guys in soccer all the time. <laughs> it was just brutal. I, yeah, I can imagine. When did you graduate from high school? 1999. All right. So I graduated in 97. So, so growing up in the nineties, right. We were immersed with, you know, really good rap music, like really, really good rap music. Definitely. Uh, a, a turn in, I would say more like rock music, right? Like I remember kind of like there was a, a reemergence of like the Grateful Dead at some point, especially in South Carroll high school. Yeah. Uh, nirvana and bands like that a lot of a lot of the grunge music that was coming out there and, and situations like that which which crowds did you navigate to when you were in high school you know i don't think i had a crowd i was really friends with everyone i had lots of different groups and um i i don't think that i actually had a crowd that makes sense to me yeah and, and let me tell you why because I, I'm, you're one of those people, there's a, there's a lot of people, right, where people will look at someone or they'll talk to someone and if for some reason you just don't like the person, mm-hmm. but you're not one of those people. Like, I've never come across anybody that's ever been like, nah, I don't like her. <laughs> well, that's good to hear. You know what I mean? But I mean, I know for a fact that you've come across people, I know, right, that yeah. you've come across people and they're like, yeah, I can't stand Todd. I f- fucking hate that guy. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if I've ever come across it. Just fucking admit it. I mean, you know, I guess it's possible. It happens, right? I mean, it just, it just does. Whether it's our past or whether it's just somebody just doesn't like you or most of the time what I find is that when somebody says something about somebody, it's not necessarily from what they've done. It's, it's to them necessarily. Mm-hmm. It's that they really want to do the things that other person's doing and yeah. they have no other emotion to expel other than straight up like talking about them behind their back. I've gotten some of that, but you know. I just brush it off. 100%. And that's one of the things I love about you is that you express yourself so much in that way, much like I do, where it's like, it's okay if you don't like me. Like, it, it's totally fine. And that's what I love about social media is that you, I find it interesting. You may disagree with me on many topics that you still follow me. And then I get very confused by that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So. So, and it's one of the things I respect about you. And, and one of the reasons I think that you and I are so close is that because we have that, that type of mindset, we also have a very helpful and giving mindset where we really want to help other people kind of uh, level up in whatever they're doing. It doesn't matter what it is or feel better or be happier or whatever it is. Sure. Um, so what I found interesting about you saying that you didn't navigate to any specific group, that makes a lot of sense that you're a real estate agent. Yeah. Because I feel like to be a real estate agent, you you have to be liked, like a hundred percent. Like you got to be liked by a lot of people. Like people, if people are not going to buy a house from somebody they just specific, like nobody likes. You have to be liked, yeah. right? Yeah. So I, I'll say that your your popularity scale was good because in high school, right? You were invited to the parties. You had a lot of friends, things of that nature. When you got out of high school. Obviously, and a lot of you know teenagers need to know this is that when you get out of high school, you think, okay, that now what, right? What did you do when you got out of high school? 
So when I got out of high school, I was working at a daycare center. And um, when I was 19, I got pregnant with Riley, who's my oldest. Um, I was with his dad. And so really, you know, all I did was work. And then, you know, I had Riley and, you know, I stayed in daycare for a while um, until, you know, I just couldn't take it anymore. Um, it wasn't for me, but really I was a mom almost right out of high school. Right out of high school, you're a mom. Mm -hmm. And you're working at a daycare center. Yep. So, and that was probably helpful, right? Because at that point in time, I would assume that helped with daycare, yeah? Yeah, I mean, we had no money. Um, right. So, you know, I was working in daycare and I was also waiting tables at two different restaurants. So I had three jobs at that time. Um, but, you know, that's, that's what I, that's the only option I had at that time was to, you know, stay in daycare and then work these two other jobs so that I could pay the bills. How was that on the marriage? Well, thankfully, I never got married to him. Okay. <laughs> um, honestly, like, I, I was working a lot at nights, and, you know, by the time Riley was about 10 months old, we, we parted ways. So yeah. It wasn't good. Yeah, I understand. I've been through. I've been through divorce. So I mean, in, in, in divorce breakups, it is what it is. I've been through plenty of those. Obviously, I mean, I've been dumped many times. I'm sure you dumped him. Um, hundred percent. The the talk to me about you when you you just said something very interesting. You said that there was no other option. You had to work these three jobs. You had to do what you had to do. Um, I know you're really close with your family. I always see pictures of your dad. I love his pictures. Yeah. Were, were, was, was your family helpful in these situations? Yeah. I mean, you know, after, after I split up with Riley's dad, I moved in with my mom. Yeah. Um, she had like a little apartment in her basement and I just lived there, me and Riley. And um, my dad lived in Ocean City at the time. So I didn't get to see him as often as I would have liked to, but they definitely have always supported everything I've done. See, the opportunity parts, the, the part that I want you guys to understand about this is that, see, Jeanette, her mindset said, there, there is no other option. I have, to, I have to work these three jobs to be able to provide for my son. However, people don't necessarily always take that option. So she did back against the wall, okay? Right yeah. in the corner, almost. You have no option. You got to do it. Kids counting on you. It's not about yeah. you anymore. It's about him. Yeah, I had to. However, many people buckle in those situations. They buckle. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, right? well, yeah. Obviously, having Riley, and I've seen him on the videos, super awesome kid, hilarious, very funny. They, uh, they, they do very well. He's always in your videos and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, obviously, growing up with, with you as a mother, um, from a parenting standpoint, I, you would imagine that's why these kids are, are the way they are, and they're, and they're just fun-loving good kids. I mean, obviously all kids have their issues, right? But at the end of the day, yeah, they're awesome. do, you, do you believe that you would have the successes that you've had so far, especially right now, without going through what you went through at that young age? No, definitely not. And there's just so much more that happened in, in the years that followed as well that made me, you know, who I am. All right. So let's talk about that. So you're a single mom. You're, 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 
you're a single mom. You've got, you've got a son. You're living in your mom's basement. This all sounds very familiar to me, by the way. Yeah. Um, let's take it from there. What, what, what happens over the next 24 months? So I was bartending at a restaurant down in Ellersburg, and um, that's where I met Jim, um, my now husband. And, you know, once we started dating and got close, I, I moved in with him, and, you know, we, we got married, had Jack, and, you know, that's, you know, that's where everything, you know, happened after that was after I got married to Jim. So was J- Jim was working at the restaurant or you just met him at the restaurant? No, he was one of my regulars. Oh, okay, I got you. Mm-hmm. So he, and he was obviously he was spending a lot of money there. Yes. Gotcha. And so, go ahead. Well, he, he owned a mortgage company. And at the time, I really wanted to stop bartending. Um, I just wanted to get out of that nighttime life and um, wanted to kind of, you know, start with a, with a daytime job. And he... You know, he offered me a job, and um, so I, I stopped bartending. And um, when the when the market crashed, um, that's when everything kind of went downhill. So he owns a he owns a mortgage company. You you're finally at this point. How old are you at this point? Your bar your bartending. You meet him. Um, I was twenty three or twenty four. Okay, so twenty three, twenty four. There there was there any college in between there? I did go to community college on and off, um, you know, before I had Riley, after I had Riley, but school, school was never my thing. Yeah, and, and, and again, same, same thing here. But people were your thing, right? Totally. Obviously, because yeah. you were creating you, – and, and what I like about the bartending side of this, I also, and, and I can equate this to the car business side of this for me, it, it helps you start to break down and understand – consumer behaviors yeah and the psychology of of people it's it's a it's an education in both those industries it's an education that can't be taught no in, in school right yeah it's service yeah it's a service but sales it's sales and service that they really at the exact same time in 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 the reality of these things so the more so 2008 happens you you guys in 2008 you guys are you uh, Jim owns a mortgage company. You're working for him. I own a car dealership at this point. I'm sorry. I open a car dealership in 2008, mm-hmm. right? Because my thinking is uh, I'm going to go in now at the downside mm-hmm. and then come out the other side highly profitable. Because if I can survive in this era, in this type of economy, then I can survive in a good economy. Yeah. Well, that was the thing. We didn't survive. Okay. <laughs> so that's, and that's what I want to get into. So- yeah. Let's talk about let's talk about the day the market crashed. So what's, what's the I think, feeling? I think it was a, a progression um, of of the market crashing, and and when that when Jim finally came to me and said, you know, listen, I can't pay the mortgage. You know, we're we're going to lose our house. It was it was just too late. Um, at that point, you know, I, I had no idea because he was keeping it. You know keeping his, his pride. Um, so, you know, we, we ended up having to do a short sale on our house. Um, we lost everything that you can think of. Cars. Um, I mean, we had no money. I had state assistance for everything you could think of. And 
there was some, some serious alcoholism that came into play with him, which I don't mind talking about because at this point it's, you know, it's in the past and he's been sober almost 10 years now. Yep. Um, but when all that happened, that got out of control. Yeah. And, and I can, I can speak to that because mm -hmm. I've been sober for five years and mm -hmm. I remember you, I, you know, I, and th this just, this just shows you guys, by the way, that I follow all of you like <laughs> endlessly as much as you follow me, I follow you guys. And I remember Jeanette put a post up. It was a picture of her and Jim in the hallway of their house. And she was just beaming about how proud she was of him. Um, and so here's the deal, man. Like very, very quickly do people give up on people that are going through a tough time and then quickly they pivot themselves to a crutch, whether it's alcohol, whether it's drugs, whatever it is, it doesn't really matter what it is. Um, you can really tell something amazing about a person that sticks with a person through thick and thin. That is not, that is not a average trait. Those types of people are the types of people that you want to attach yourselves to. And I wanted to point that out because I, I believe that that says a lot about your character as a person, um, yeah, as a wife. Definitely built me and shaped me and built us and shaped us. Um, it, you know, I, there was a there was a point in time that I had to I had to take the kids and I had to leave. Um, yeah. So there I was, you know, twenty eight years old, back with my mom, um, with the kids, with two confused kids because we're not in our house. And little do they know the house is, you know, gone. Right. Um, and, you know, it, it, it took a long time to get back on track, but we, we did. What, what's going through your mind? What's going through your mind? You move back in with your mom. <clears throat> you have the two kids with you. You're, you're, you're split from jail. What's going through your mind at this point? I mean, it was Can you bad. recollect? Yeah, it was bad. Um, you know, I, I had to go back to work because I wasn't working. Um, what did you after, do? After I had Jack, I wasn't working. I was staying home with him, but I ended up having to go back, and I went back to bartending. So that's what I knew. Um, that's, you know, I had a, I had a lot of friends um, in the business, and, you know, I knew a few that were opening up a restaurant in Eldersburg, and I went to them, and I said, I want your day shift. And they, without hesitation, they gave it to me. And that's what, you know, kept me on my feet financially. Um, you know, I had never owned a house. I, you know, at that point, didn't even have a car. So I had to go buy myself a car. Didn't even know if I could buy a car. Um, it was, it was tough. It was, um, you know, and then not also not having my husband because, you know, he needed to get himself right. He needed to get himself straight. So, you know, I'm with my mom. I'm angry. I was so angry. Um, cried all the time. You know, um, I mean, I was pretty, I was pretty unbearable. It was, it was a terrible time. And you got to mask that from your kids, right? I mean, you tried. Yeah. Yep. So at this point, again, and this is, this is the things that I want to bring up. At this point, once again, and it, this kind of goes to my post that I posted today. This is when you start 
coming inside of yourself and asking questions of why me? Why did this happen to me? How, do, how am I going to get out of this? Is this it? Is this my life? And you start, and you start, it's almost as if you, bec- you, you start putting yourself into the position of that you're this victim, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I was, woe is me, you know, why me? Um, you know, we, again, we had nothing. I mean, so we let- having everything. We had a nice house. Um, we had nice cars. You know, we owned a mortgage company. We, we did well. And then we went to nothing. I'm living in my mom's basement with nothing. So, so here's the thing. This, this goes on for a while. Yeah. What, what, this is the most important part of this. What, ha, what was it that flipped the switch in your mind and you were like, something's got to change? So, you know, there was a point in time where, where Jim and I weren't even talking. Um, and he started going to meetings and he met some really awesome people um, that you know, helped him get sober and work out, you know, the demons, I guess. Um, so we did start talking again and we, you know, decided that what was best for the kids as long as he was, you know, stayed sober was that we get into a rental together with the kids. So that's, you know, that's what we did. Um, he didn't have a job for a while, but we met this guy, um, he worked for Chase Bank, and I'll never forget this guy because he, t- he gave Jim a chance, and he gave him a job, and he made a lot of money, um, and we saved money, um, you know, and then, of course, we came back and built our house and, and all of that, but, you know, prior to that, while we were, you know, he was getting back on his feet working for Chase, I mean, I'm still bartending, um, so I'm, you know, I've got envelopes set aside with you know, BGE written on the front of one, car payment written on the front of one, you know, cell phone bill. And every day when I would come home from bartending, I would stuff, you know, $20 bills in each envelope until I had the money to go get a money order and pay, you know, pay these bills. So it was, it was, um, it was a good, probably a year and a half of that before we were, you know, really back on track. And it was, I was angry. I was angry at Jim. I was angry in general. I just wasn't, I definitely wasn't who I am now. During that time, and, 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 and what was keeping, what was keeping your head up? I mean, other than your kids, right? Because that's the easy answer. My kids, my kids. But yeah. what, what, what was, what was keeping you going at that point? Because th- that, uh, these types of stories there's a lot, a lot of, a lot of people will bail out in these situations, right? And we know how they're going to yeah. bail out. So I, I really wanted to, I don't, honestly, like, I think that I was just so, I didn't want to let my parents down. Okay. I mean, I didn't want a failed marriage. So I think it was that, the kids, my parents you know, a combination of the, those three things, probably. See, that's, that's important, right? So it's like you found your source of what kept you going. In my head, 
I know for a fact that it's probably something else other than those people that's innate inside of you that you just refused to lose. You refused to give up. Like me, I was the exact same way. A hundred percent. I was latching on when I was, when I was at my bottom, just like you were same situation, out of money, bankrupt, no car, literally in a basement, like same situations. I, I was latching onto whatever I could use to keep push, pushing. Now, at the same time, other than what you were dealing with, I was dealing with the alcohol because I was in a situation where I was like, man, like this was the only thing that was keeping me going. And I knew that that was going to be a crutch for a while. I almost knew that I needed something to kind of crutch on a little bit. Yeah. But at the same time, there was something innate inside me that was like, dude, you've got to keep going. Like, this is not the end. This is not the end. This is not the end. Keep going, keep going, keep going. And you work your way out of it. I don't believe that we realize our full potential until we're in situations like that. Until you're tested. Until we're tested. And we're tested all the time. But in those situations, that's when we're really, really tested. And then what ends up happening, and and again, this is another thing I posted about, that the minute that you experience things like this, your fear factor, your care of what others think about you, your opinions, what you hear from other people, your wanting to help other people that are in those situations, that all starts to come to fruition later on, much, much further down the road um, when you start hearing other people's stories because it, it's now you have the experience of what these people are feeling at this moment, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, so, so we're in this situation, you're pissed, you're mad, you're stuffing the envelopes full of money, everything's happening here. When, what breaks loose where you're like, I'm not bartending anymore. I'm done with this shit. So we, in 2013, we, we built our house and moved up to Westminster. And that was, you know, that was all credit to Jim. I was still bartending, you know, helping out, but he was, that was all credit to Jim, the house. Um, I was, sitting on my couch one day and um, I, one of my friends had posted something about a well banker offering real estate classes. And I told Jim to mute the TV and I said, I'm going to get my real estate license. And I did. I mean, it was shortly after we moved into this house that I got my license in 2013. What, so earlier on, and this is, I, I always find this interesting. Earlier on, you're like, school wasn't for me. Didn't click. Tried college, eh, whatever. Yeah. When you went to the real estate classes, how old were you when you went to the real estate classes? Um, I was 31 or 32. How'd you do in those classes? I did awesome. Was it the age? Was it the situation where you were like, I, I I have to excel at this. Like I have no choice. This is this is going to happen. I'm going to excel at this. Or, good. Yeah, I think it was probably the age, but it was also like I'm going to do this. Like whether I hate this class or not, I'm going to take this class and I'm going to get my license and I'm going to be, I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to be an agent. So you you get you get it. You're excited. You've never done it before, but you took the class. Now what? So I, I, you know, I joined a brokerage 
Um, and honestly, I, I, for nine months, I wasn't happy. I, I told Jim all the time, I'm, I'm not doing this. This isn't for me. I'm going to quit. And then I stumbled across the brokerage where I am now. And almost as soon as I switched, uh, I started selling. What do you think the reason is behind that? So, you know, I, I think a lot of it is, um, I, you know, I don't want to like throw anybody under the bus or anything, but I was with like this big brokerage where I was like a no-name. Um, you know, there was hundreds of agents and I just didn't feel like it was that small town brokerage feeling that I really wanted. And I was not comfortable. So once I joined this brokerage where I am now, which I've been there for almost six years now. Yeah. Um, that's where I felt comfortable and I felt like I could grow and I just excelled there. So you, you, and, and that happens a lot, just so you know, because it was the exact same. And sometimes it's, it, it could be anything, right? It could be leadership. It could be training. It could be whatever it is. It could be the first deal because the first deal, and this is the biggest thing. And this is goes, it doesn't matter if you're selling houses. This is, this is everything. The first deal is sometimes that's that deal that you need. And then all of a sudden it all starts to become very clear. Yeah. Ah, okay. Now I've proven that I can do it once. Now I just have to figure out a way and a formula to be able to make this repetitive and consistent. So you move to the brokerage. Things are great. You're doing well. And this is, this is six years ago, right? Uh, yeah, five-ish. Yep. At that point, what are real estate agents doing from a marketing standpoint to get their name out there? Granted, you moved to a smaller location. It was more hyper-local. But what, what, what's, what, what are the tactics then in six year, just six years ago that real estate agents or brokerages were using to generate awareness not only about themselves as a real estate agent but around the brokerage as well to generate leads? I remember one of the things that I did was, and this is because of what I used to do, I mean, I would go down to – all those restaurants in Eldersburg where I knew everyone and just pass out my car. I mean, in the beginning, that's really all I did. How many houses did you sell from just doing that? A lot. <laughs> do you still do that? Um, I mean, everybody knows me down there. So I honestly, I don't, I don't have to do that anymore. But yeah. they didn't know you then, right? They knew me, but they didn't know I was doing real estate. Okay. Now they do. Yeah. yeah. So what? So other than and and I like uh, I'm going somewhere with this, by the way. So okay. you you walked you 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 went down to these restaurants. You you went back immediately to environments that you were comfortable with. Yeah. Went back and said, "Hey guys, by the way, this is what I'm doing now." You start handing out the business cards because, hey, business cards. It you know it is what it is. You know I fucking hate business cards, but yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> You're doing it. And six years ago, it made sense. Yeah. You're doing it. You're creating awareness around yourself. What else are you doing other than visiting the restaurants? So my husband was working on this, this incredible website, which I still have. Um, and that's kind of when social media started to pick up with, mm -hmm. you know, real estate was around that time. 
So, you know, between social media and my, my website, I think that's where things really started to pick up for me. So you use social media to create awareness about yourself. It yeah. was really the, it was even back then, six years ago, which is early on for real estate agents, by the way. Yeah. I remember feeling really uncomfortable about doing it too. Like I, I didn't feel, I mean, I would like post a listing and, you know, not get any engagement in it. And I just, I think at that time I just wasn't creative enough with it. Um, and also people didn't really, I mean, they knew that I was in real estate, but I wasn't doing, you know, anywhere near what I'm doing now. So I think it was, you know, part of me was really uncomfortable with the whole, you know, posting on Facebook thing. Yeah. And, and, and the reality of it is the reason why is because back then, okay. And it's so funny. I'm like back then, six years ago, <laughs> it was the environment was very, very different. Your target demographic was still most likely not on Facebook yet. No. And if they were, they weren't necessarily making buying decisions yet six years ago on Facebook. Right. And yeah. so it was, and you guys as real estate agents really didn't have you know, up until, man, I, I, you know, I mean, now you guys are facing some more backlash on Facebook where you have to have, you know, you literally have to follow special instructions to run ads now. But yeah, the back then you guys didn't really have anyone that was that had the ability to guide you through that process, at least from what I can see. I've gone back and looked at content, uh, you know, six, seven, ten years ago based yeah. on what real estate agents were doing back then. And it didn't. So my question to you would be this, right? Like people that had massive names back then, like Craig Northrup, you know, six years ago had a massive name. Sure. Um, guys like that, you know, how, how do they, how, how do you believe, did, they, did social media even the, the playing field is my question to you. Um, I mean, they probably didn't even use it. They don't have to. But did it even the playing field because right back then there were only a few big hitters, right? Sure. Right. And that was based on either their parents yeah. or relationships that people had or the area that they were in or whatever it was. Right. Right. But did social media, at least let's bring it up to today. Mm -hmm. Did it even the playing field for the little guy against the big guy? I think eventually it did. Yeah. A hundred percent. I agree a hundred percent. Yeah, definitely. So now, you know, and then, and, and then let's go back just a little bit. So let's go back two years ago okay. to where real estate agents were two years ago from a social media standpoint. I mean, massive, just sell, 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 sell. I sold, I sold, I sold. And there, granted, there's still people that are doing that, which is, God, I don't understand it. It's beyond me. But you flipped a switch at some point and you started going the opposite direction, which I've, I've preached to so many people and I don't give a shit what vertical you're in, go the opposite direction of where all of your competition is, what everything that your competition is doing, go the opposite direction and see what happens. Yeah. I think I just, I think I just got to the point where I realized that you know, saying I sold a house or whatever is not what people want to see. They want to see me as a real person. They want to be able to relate to me. And so, you know, now when I, when I do post, you know, on social media, I, I put a little more thought into it. Like what, 
how am I going to relate to people when I post this? Or is this going to be relatable? Because I feel like at this point, I mean, in my opinion, that's what people are looking for. It's exactly what people are looking for. And here's kind of a point to it, right? So when real estate agents, you can ask yourself this, you know, when you're on social media consistently on social media on a daily basis and you're not posting for yourself, what are you consuming, right? Mm -hmm. Then what I would do to help strategize around, and this is if you hit roadblocks, right? Like if you're like, I don't know what to post, start asking people that aren't real estate agents, what they would want to see from real estate agents. And it's going to get a flow going inside of you about how to build content and what kind of content people want to see. Taking polls and surveys, taking polls and surveys is so important nowadays. Like you have no idea if you took a poll on Facebook or on Instagram or anywhere, basically at this point, you can take polls on Twitter and ask your audience what they want to see or what they want answers to and things of that nature. I'm telling you right now, it will give you so much content to start being, being able to provide to them. It'll be endless. But here's the thing. I'm not against you saying that you sell houses, but we already know what you do based on what's in your profile on your page. Right. Right. So the question really is, okay, once I buy a house from you, what keeps me coming back to you? The entertainment. Yeah. Right. Like the only reason, like we bought a house. Yeah. Right. I mean, so when I'm, when I'm, or we ate at a restaurant, what keeps me coming back? Just like a TV show. That's the way that you have to think about it today as a real estate agent, just like a TV show, just like an entertainment media production company, you have 100% got to be doing things that keep people coming back. What will not keep someone coming back is when they buy a house and they follow you, and now they're like, why the fuck am I still following this person? Right. So that's right. the question. Yeah. You know, and you, I feel like you've answered that question. So if you guys go and follow Jeanette on Facebook, what you will see is she's developing ways to create entertainment at the same time she's creating awareness around what she's selling without selling, if that makes sense. Right. And, and so one of the things I wanted to talk about was uh, the most recent Christmas holiday uh, <laughs> things. Now, a lot of real estate agents are going to be like, hey, look, video, 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 video. And I'm big on video. Video is extremely important. I, I could not agree more. However, you took imagery and imagination and created multiple posts out of, of something that you probably all did in one day, I'll assume, or I could be wrong. Yeah, one day. One day. Yeah. You took that time mm-hmm. and you posted that out consistently. Go, go look at these, by the way. It's, it's Jeanette and, and two of her coworkers, I believe, uh, that are dressed as elves and they find themselves in precarious situations, <laughs> Will. But at the same time, she's showing a property. Yeah. And so let me, let me, I want to pick your brain a little bit and be like, you know, what, what led to you? I think you already kind of have hinted on why you pivoted that way, but what led to, what's leading to these ideas? What, how are you using, how are you coming up with these creative ideas to apply these ideas out there? 
Well, you know, right before Christmas, you, you know, see all the Elf on a Shelf um, posts and all their antics, you know, that people do with their kids. So I was just kind of trying to think outside the box. And I said, well, I'm going to dress up like an elf and I'm going to do a photo shoot inside one of my listings. Um, and I, you know, I asked the, my two girlfriends if they want to do it with me and they were on board. So we just, you know, brainstormed some ideas together and um, did it. And we got a really great response. Yeah, the response was amazing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, and not only that, these, these pieces of content, right? These are shareable pieces of content. Yeah. So now when someone that maybe wasn't following Jeanette but some, or somebody that is following Jeanette shares it and somebody that wasn't following Jeanette sees it and goes, you know what? I, I'm, I'm, I might be in the market for house. I like what she's doing, right? I like the creativity. When yeah, I get those doing. messages all the time on my, Facebook, on my business Facebook page. Um, you know, hey, Jeanette, been following you for two years. I like your style. Um, I want to buy a house. And it's people I've never met before. Yeah. So no shit. This shit works. Yeah, it does. The question is, do you have the ability or do you have the confidence in yourself to put yourself out there in a way where you can create content? Maybe in your head, you're going, this is full. I'm going to look foolish. But then you, in the reality, it's, it comes off and it actually works. It does work. Yeah, it does work. So, so why do you believe that so many real estate agents are just not doing that? They're afraid to. They're afraid of what people will say. And I honestly, I just, I don't care. Um, you know, what, what you said, you know, you always say, um, they're not writing my paychecks. So I don't care what any of them think about my content. It works for me. And what works for me might not work for everyone. Um, but you won't know until you try it. Yeah, and that's the thing. And, and so I, I believe that many of them uh, overcreate sometimes, yeah. right? Like they, 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 they're, they're thinking about how good something's going to look instead of what the audience is going to be relating it to. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then they, and you know, you were at the seminar the other night and I said, you know, you guys are, you guys are, you guys will put, you guys will spend thousands of dollars for something to make it look a certain way and that it doesn't get the results. And really the answer was there the whole time is that they don't, they don't care about what, what it looked like. Right. They don't care about what the content looked like. They care about the messaging within the content and, or is it something that they would like, love, share, or comment on typically or normally? Yeah. I mean, my sellers were, you know, completely on board with with the photo shoot and they shared every single photo. And that's even better, right? And that's you by you creating, you created an audience though. You've created an audience though now where you can say to your sellers, Hey, look, you know, I want to do something creative with this, with with this to uh, broaden the reach of the property to get this thing sold quicker. I've got an idea. What do you think about the execution on this? Most of them nowadays, I believe, because most of them are our age now, they're going to be like, fuck yeah, let's do that. It'd be funny. Yeah. Right. And it works. Yeah. And it works. Yeah. So you're now, you know, in my opinion, you're, 
you're an in-demand real estate agent, in my opinion, mm -hmm. right? You've chosen, you've chosen to stay where you are. Yeah. But, but my, my intuition tells me that you are consistently asked to leave. Yes. Or come join. And if you and if you did, it would be a it it would be a gigantic. It would be a big deal. Yes. I mean, it would be huge. Um, what's your? What what is what, what keeps you there? I guess my curiosity is it peaks it. What keeps you where you are? I'm happy. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, my my Grover is fantastic. He's a really great friend of mine. Um, and I'm happy. I, there's no reason to leave. If I wasn't happy, like where I started, then I would be exploring other options. But, you know, at this point, I mean, I don't, I don't know that it really matters what brokerage I'm with because it's really just about me, you know, myself. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I don't, um, I don't have any intentions of, of going anywhere. I'm, I'm happy. There's no to... I'm glad you answered that question that way. And this is something that I want to point out is that you don't, you don't necessarily need the brokerage mm -hmm. as much as the brokerage may need you. It's possible. Okay. So mm -hmm. that goes into what the video that I put out a couple days ago, where I was talking to you guys about investing in yourself mm -hmm. is that you can become, you have the ability and evening that playing field, not only from a brokerage standpoint, but from an actual personal standpoint, you have the ability to even the playing field so much mm -hmm. that you can become bigger yourself mm -hmm. than who you actually work under. Now let's paint a picture and God forbid it happens because I know the people that own your brokerage and they are both very great people. Yeah. Um, and, and, very, very, very supportive and do a lot for that community that they're in. Yeah. God forbid something were to happen. That brokerage has to go, mm -hmm. goes under, which it, it's not going to just so you guys know, they opened up a second location. And I believe, <laughs> no, it's it, not going to. Yeah. I believe it's in Columbia, right? Uh, it's or, in Catonsville. Catonsville, Catonsville. Yes, yes, yes. And no, it's not going anywhere, but let's just paint a picture real quick. You know, like mass hysteria, blah, 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 and it goes away. Mm -hmm. When it goes away, are you still in demand? Yeah. Would it be easy for you to get another job? Yes. <laughs> okay. Would that same would would someone who is not investing in themselves on a daily basis into their personal brand on a daily, daily, daily basis, would it be more difficult for them to do those things? Absolutely. Absolutely. So the question you guys gotta ask yourselves while you're driving home tonight or driving home today or listening to this on the beach or wherever the hell you are, why are you not doing that? Yeah. Why are you not doing that? Why would you not want to put your, yourself in a position where you have leverage and you're either equal to or more than wanted and needed by who you represent? Makes no sense to me, guys. You got to do that. Okay. And find somebody, if you're going to go work for a brokerage, find someone that owns a brokerage that's like Jeanette's brokerage that she works for that gives you the ability to have open creativity in what you want to do. My assumption, and I've met him, if you went to him with an idea, he's like, fuck yeah, do it. Always. 
A hundred percent. These are the types of people, if, if, if you are working for somebody right now that is not letting you do that, get away from that person immediately. Because the only reason they wouldn't let you do that is because they're trying to hold you back. Oh, he encourages me, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. And I know him. So I know for a fact he encourages you. Yes. A lot. Let's get into, uh, let's, let's help some of these real estate agents that are listening today. Some of them, uh, you know, look, one thing I will tell you about real estate agents is their egos are fucking gigantic. I don't even know how they <laughs> all fit into master's and t- master's title, uh, uh, um, grand opening last night at Mike's place. Um, I could barely breathe inside that place. <laughs> Heads were so big. Um, I want to help these people, but a lot of the times they don't want to ask for help. I hope I don't come across like that, though. I don't think you do. No, you wouldn't, because if you did, then I wouldn't have you on this fucking show. Okay, good. I can tell you that. I'm not helping. I don't want to, you know, if, if, if your ego is so big that you're not willing to either A, help someone else, or B, not, not listen to something that could possibly help you and apply it because you think you're too good at something, then that's an ego problem. Um, and that's not somebody that at, at, at my age at 41, that's not somebody I want to be, you know, hanging out with or talking to. So let's start off. Let's start off with the two, the two questions, six answers. Cause we always do this towards the end. Okay. First question I want to talk about is from a social media standpoint, give me three tips that you use on a daily basis to create awareness around yourself from a social media standpoint, what it can be pretty much anything, but it can go, let's say like consistency or funny or humor or whatever it is. Give me three tips of what you use or maybe three tools that you use to help, uh, help yourself do this. So definitely be consistent. Don't post, you know, once a week and expect to get a good response. That's, that's probably number one. Um, number two, you're never going to see anything political, religious, controversial, posted on my page ever because I don't ever want to piss anybody off. You piss somebody off and then, you know, they're not going to want to do business with you ever. Um, I think the third thing is just to be real. Just be a real person. Be relatable. Do you use any specific tools to help you create some of these things? I, you know, I know that lately you've been, you've been memeing like an animal. Yeah. Um, what are you using to make your memes? I don't make them. Who makes I them? Made, I only made that one of my of this my big face. What did one. you What did you make that with? Um, image maker, image meme maker, or something. All right, there's another app that's way better. Yeah. And I'm gonna give know. you guys. I'm gonna give you guys. It's called Mematic. M e m e, m a t i c. Mematic. It. You can literally create memes, like I mean, at scale within like. 15 seconds. It's amazing. It already has built in GIFs, tenor GIFs, images. You can upload your own. I mean, it's amazing. Good to know. I like the memes. It's a great, and, and, and I will tell you this, that, that meme post that you put up, how well is that meme post done? It's done really well. Personal memes, guys, are, uh, and, and, and current viral memes are, are amazing. And I'll tell you another place that they do really well. And this is a nice little tip that you guys can all take. Download Twitter today, go to Twitter, and go into trending, okay? Especially tomorrow during the football game. There's always going to be something fucking hilarious that's going to happen, all right? So during the football game on Twitter, it'll literally say like Baltimore versus – who are they playing tomorrow? Tennessee. It'll say Baltimore versus Tennessee, and there'll be hashtags under it. 
if you jump into that thread and you comment on it, it'll automatically ha use those hashtags and throw you into that thread, okay? And I did this as a test. I started doing this every Sunday, every Thursday, every Monday, depending upon the football game. I would wait for something hilarious to happen. Either the quarterback fucked up or the kicker fucked up or whatever it was. And I would go quickly into Matic. I would quickly make a meme and then I would put it in Twitter and I would put it through that thread. And every single time that I did that, it would pop off immediately. It would immediately get uh, awareness and I would immediately get followers from it. My memes, 100% on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter perform extremely well. Yeah. And they perform extremely well also based on what's trending right now. So when you download that, that app, Mematic, it'll actually show you what's trending, like the Tom Hanks face, and you can quickly move from there. So it gives you the ability to quickly move to what's trending right now so you can jump on that train. Um, but I, I, again, this is people getting out of their comfort zone. If you thought that Jeanette felt comfortable taking a close-up picture of her face... <laughs> And putting that, I can tell you that she didn't. In fact, she didn't want to do fucking video today. Right? Because no. she came from the gym. Yeah. She probably looked, I can tell you, I look the same way. Like I'm going to the gym, but at the same idea, we probably look exactly the same as we always do. You just have a different perspective of yourself. Regardless. I think not, but. Regardless, <laughs> she did it anyway, and it garnered major results. And the biggest thing is because of her sense of humor. She's trying to make you laugh. And if yeah. she made you laugh. If she made you laugh, then you're going to like her. And if you like her, then you're going to buy from her. You guys see where I'm going with this? So take those tips that she just talked about. The consistency, the personal reputation, is, is, it goes into what she was talking about from a standpoint of she's not posting about politics and religion. Hey, guess what? You don't see me doing it either. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not jumping into that. I'm not going to do that because here's the deal. I respect other people's opinions way too much. Well, in those things, I have not figured out religion and I have not figured out politics. So there's no reason for me to be commenting about it. I feel the same way. Bottom line. Yep. If you want to make fun of it, go ahead, but you're yeah. going to end up, you're going to end up with a backlash. And then what's going to end up happening is you're going to have a personal reputation problem. And when you have a personal reputation problem, it doesn't matter how good your social media is. No one's going to do business with you or you've exiled the possibility of someone doing business with you. So entertainment, education, information, stick to those three and you're going to be just fine. Yeah. You're a motivated person. In my opinion, you're a mom, you're a wife. You're one of the hardest workers I've ever seen. You have 100% inspired other women as well as probably other, even male real estate agents. You've inspired other people in not only with this story, but with what you've accomplished from a business standpoint, give me some ideas. Give me, give me three things that kind of keep you rolling on a daily basis, minus your husband and your kids. Hmm. Um, I mean, I, just, I, I really care about what I do. Um, I care about my relationship with local agents. Um, I care about my reputation. Um, you know, I, I care about, you know, people in general. I care about the business. I love it. So, you know, just getting out there and, and being the best that I can be is probably just what, what keeps me going. So loving what you do motivates you. Yeah. 
Can I ask you a, qu a question honestly? Does money motivate you? It Answer does. it honestly. It does, yeah. But it's, Good. you know, um, obviously the, the money part is great. It didn't come easy. And it's taken a lot of getting used to even making money. It's taken, you know, I don't have to, let's put it this way. I don't have to worry about money anymore. And I spent most of my life worrying about money. I spent most of my life worrying about, you know, whether I had enough money for groceries. Let me ask you, let me ask you a question about that. Mm -hmm. When you were worrying about money, mm -hmm. okay, were you happy? No. Okay. So here's something I want you guys to understand, all right? And I think it's really important that you turn the volume up right now and listen to this. I know for a fact that you follow people that tell you that money will not make you happy and that money is the root of all evil and that money is a bad thing and you don't need money to be happy. I am telling you right now, most of the time, that opinion is coming from someone who has money. I will tell you also that money will make a lot of your problems go away. What I want you to understand is this. If you're doing something that you love and you're making money, now you've won. It does take both of those things because I know a lot of people that do a lot of things that make them happy, yet they're always asking and always worrying about money. So find the thing that you like, that's great, but make sure that you're making money as well. Because I can tell you this, if you are worrying about money and you're working and you're happy, that's still a problem. Okay. That's still a problem. So get out of that mindset that money doesn't matter. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm enamored that people talk about that, that money doesn't make you happy because it's complete bullshit and take it from two people that have had no money. Okay. And I can both, and we can both tell you that when we had no money, we were fucking miserable. It sucks. It's, it's not fun and it doesn't create happiness. Even if you're doing what you love, it's still going to suck. So get that mindset out. You got it. You have to make money um, and, and it will make you happy. You just need to do it in a way where you're helping people or you're, you're doing it the right way, legitimately, legally, and things of that nature. That's when money will make you happy. Money will also make you happy when you raise money for other people. And that's what I did the other night. Jeanette was there and she supported me and I really appreciate it. That means so much to me that you were there. Front row, by the way. Um, of course. No, that was one of the resolutions that I had this year. My resolution was not to make more money for myself, but one of my resolutions this year was to try to help generate money for other people. Um, because other people have helped me over the last six years generate money for myself. Um, I can do that. I can sell. I already know I can sell. I already know I can make money. I already know we can, we're going to continue to get clients. But my biggest thing this year was more or less filling the resolutions of other people, not my own resolutions. And in turn, those people will end up filling whatever my resolution was going to be anyway. So think about that today. If you haven't come up with your new year's resolutions yet. Lastly, and I'm just going to fill in the third motivational thing for Jeanette, even though I told her not to. I know for a fucking fact that her kids and her husband motivate the shit out of her. Definitely. If you watch this woman on social media, you will notice and you will find out that if there's one thing that this woman loves, 
and I can tell you, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna remove Jim from this for a second. <laughs> it's, the, it's, it's those boys yeah. and that gigantic dog. <laughs> I do love him. <laughs> and guess what? It's okay to be motivated by the people that you love the most. It's okay to want to do things so they're proud of you. A lot of people tell you don't do it for other people. Dude, we all do it for other people. We all want the pat on the back from our kids. We all want the pat on the back from our spouse. We all want the pat on the back from our parents. Bottom line. I've been trying to impress my mom for, I can't even tell you how long. Jeanette, you 100% know that it took me a very long time to get back in her good graces. But when I was up there and she, it, it, it was a blessing for me the other night to see in that room, my mother and my father and my best friend in the back in the corner, watching me help raise money for other people and educate and, and in my opinion, shine where I feel like I shine the most in helping other people. Um, I think I finally may, may or may not have gotten that pat on the back from mom and I've been chasing that for a really long time. Uh, but at the end of, at the end of this, I, I think, you know, I think you're going to walk away with a great story of how to fight back a great story of not giving up a great story of a strong woman that you could look to as a mentor to help not only guide you through if you want to be a real estate agent, but a businesswoman, um, as a parent, as a wife, <clears throat> and as someone who can help get you to think outside of the box in creating content and brand awareness around yourself. I got to tell you, I 100% thank you for saying, uh, commenting on my post today. And I know that this was a last minute thing. She commented on my post today <laughs> that relates to this podcast. And I didn't have a podcast set up, episode set up for today. I have like three set up for next week. And I was like, you know what? Fuck this shit. You're coming on. This woman is like, what? Oh shit. <laughs> but when she hears it and she listens back to it, hopefully today, tonight, um, this is now she's got something that she can share and something that her kids can listen to and grandchildren can listen to and everyone can listen to long after she's gone. Uh, about the amazing story uh, about her life and what she's accomplished thus far. And uh, I can't thank you enough for coming on. It means so much to me. Well, thanks for having me. All right, Jeanette. Well, if anybody wants to follow you on social media, how can they do that? Um, I mean, I'll pop up in a search that I have the realtor page and my personal page. So if anybody wants to follow me, you know, send me a friend request, uh, like my realtor page, follow me on Instagram. Do you, uh, and you have contact information on all those, right? Yep. Any, any people that, uh, are in the market for a house, um, if they don't hit you up on social media, can they contact you in other ways? Oh yeah. They can call my, call my cell phone. Um, you know, call my office. My cell number's everywhere. You want to toss your email out? Yeah. J H I T C H one nine eight one at Gmail. Love it. Love it. Love it. All right, guys. Uh, I appreciate you listening to this episode. Um, please go follow Jeanette. I can tell you that if for anything, you will be massively, massively entertained on a daily basis and you will laugh your freaking ass off. And then when you're ready to buy a house, you'll laugh even more. Yes, I hope. Thanks for coming on, babe. I appreciate it. Thanks, Ed. Hold on one second. There.
This has been a Todd Collins official production in conjunction with Platinum Reputations. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Todd Collins Official or visit us at www.toddcollinsofficial.com. Want to be on the show or become a sponsor? Message us on Facebook and tell us why.